Good evening, friends, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers. I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. We've got another guest with us this week, our buddy, Bill Haig. Hey, guys. Hey, Bill. Hey, what's up? How's it going, Dennis? Merry post-Christmas. Yep, yep. We're in the week between, as it's known. Yep. This is this is what I always consider the real dead week. Yeah, it's a weird time. Real, yeah, real weird. It's great. I actually, this is this is the most wonderful time of the year. This is always <laughs> the time where where you work very little, and even if you do work, it's very little work. Everybody's doing. I mean, it's the most extreme when the holidays fall on Wednesdays, right? Which is mm-hmm. which is what we've got this year. Like, I worked just Friday. I mean, I worked Monday and Tuesday last week, but then after the days off i work just friday and i'm like what what is this it feels like a monday but it's already friday yeah. this is great My, mine's a little mixed bag on that one i i made some miscalculation with my pto at work mm. and and i i always long old stories that I, I i save a lot of time for the end of the year just in, or as the year goes just in case like my kid gets sick or something and i have to take a week sure, off sure. or something so when it comes down to the last thing i want to burn through it and instead of taking like all of it once and then having none, I'll take Fridays off. Sure. Right. Um, so depending how good my family has been with sicknesses, I can take it earlier or later. So this year I had been pretty good and I started taking Fridays off in October, but I just messed up on the spreadsheet and didn't mark like this week off. So I ran out of PTO last week and this week I have to stupid work. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it's it, what's worse is that like last week I had it totally in my head that I was off for two weeks straight. Right. And now and now I'm I'm going to work. It's awful. <laughs> That'll get you. I mean, granted, I'm not just doing work work. It's not actually like there's people there. But a, a lot of people like that. They depending on their job, what they have to do, they get more yeah. done when they work over the holidays or something when there's no people around talking to them or asking them things oh that's very true i i actually like today did get a lot done it was you know there's a whole bunch of stuff that i could do and not have to worry about new things coming across and requests and right yeah so right. i mean it is nice I, I would just rather be sitting at home playing you know a video game or something mm-hmm. or watch, watching some some movies speaking of movies uh we uh i got to watch um I watched uh, Rise of Skywalker this last weekend again in um, in Disney. Oh, nice! Of all places, the uh, uh, I had an extra day where Sid left with her mom, came and picked her up early from Disney, and they went. And I had like six and seven hours just to do nothing, so I walked around like this mall area of Disney, and they had a humongous AMC theater with like you know dining bar and food and stuff, and my ticket's free for AMC. Mm. So, there you go. I was like, that works. Yeah, I'll, I'll go nice. and watch it. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it makes you, when you go to other states, it makes you realize how crappy my, you know, theater is here. I go up to Indianapolis and they've got like the really premium AMC theaters. And Yeah, they've really, in the last couple of years, I've seen more and more of those, um, just the gigantic seats and the, and the yeah. kind of things. It's, you know, I mean, the theaters are not competing with, you know, sitting at home listening to the radio anymore. They're competing with people's home theaters with really nice sound systems and decent TVs and, you know, depending right. on your situation, no uh, no obnoxious teenagers or crying babies. People sometimes bring right. to theaters because they're thoughtless. Mm-hmm. I still think that the number one improvement in theaters in the last 50 years has been the ability to pick your seat from 
wherever, right? Mm. Like, this is my scene. That's amazing. I, I love that so much. I know. We don't have it here in Bloomington, but anywhere else I go, a stinging hell. Yeah, I have, I have to go quite a ways to, uh, to find that. Though uh, we didn't have any trouble finding good seats for, um, for Rise of Skywalker opening night, oddly. Oh, yeah. People. Oh, that's, that's I mean, Last Jedi probably soured people on the franchise. Maybe. Maybe. Well, the, it's uh, also a weird night, so you, Thursday, right before Christmas, maybe. I don't know. Right. The uh, So, Bill, you saw that, right? Finally? Twice. Twice. I, I think I think I got – that's my second one, and I got I to gotta watch it with Shelly on, on Wednesday. So I'll see it three. You, did you like it? Well, twice, it sounds like you did like it. You know, I enjoyed it enough. It didn't bother me going to take the family back the second viewing. I always mm-hmm. go the first time with some buddies opening night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of – and I'll take the family – a week or so later and like right. i said i i was looking forward to seeing it again i think i enjoyed it more the second time oh nice yeah i i definitely enjoyed it even more on my second time I, the, the parts that i liked better i i liked even more um i got to as you normally do you get to watch you know things and stuff like the the second was it the second transport like i was kind of you know poo-pooing the fact that like Chewie died. They didn't have a second transport, and they do have yeah. a second transport. Yeah, I saw that one yeah, right off, yeah. and everybody's like, oh. I'm right. like, you know but he's I didn't in see the, the first time. transport, I'm like, right? obviously, obviously, they didn't kill Chewie off screen. We're just calm down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense, because there's so much of the, the plot of that movie is almost, almost convoluted, and it's like reveals and twists and turns in, you know, J.J. Abrams fashion. So I could definitely see how, right. watching it again, knowing the end from the beginning, uh, you could you could get more more out of it. Yeah, there was a, a lot more, and and I had watched some Star Wars in between there. Like I went ahead and watched the Last Jedi again. Oof, my, I, I know I put myself to that thing, but you know, with all the discussion of Rise of Skywalker when, and Dennis and Pat and I had a big talk the night of, it you know got me thinking of the differences in people who like it, the original one, and I you know I'm always I watched it I watched point. it twice when it was in theaters and. So I don't have a lot of fresh information, but I'm the mm. more I think about it, the more time goes by. I'm kind of inclined to think that, and I don't have I don't have Mike's disdain for fan edits. I think that with a couple of cuts, it could actually be a perfectly fine movie. There are just a uh, couple things that I'm like, uh, and, and and not, you know, wouldn't be great. It wouldn't be you know, in the yeah, uh, in the top I mean, three, cut, but it could be yeah. in the top half. Maybe. I mean, if they cut out everything that wasn't Ray and Kylo, then sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, seriously, I, everything that's not Ray and Kylo, anything that's because this is very fresh in my mind. It was like two, three, four days ago something I watched mm-hmm. it. Um, well, right before I left, uh, I watched it. Disney. Oh, sorry. Oh no. So so the the uh, it's just really fresh on my mind to know it's not. It's just, and I'm not going to bitch more about last of it. But it's just not a good movie. In general, yeah. not a good Star Wars movie or good things. There's just so much wrong with it in general. And all of the characters feel assassinated throughout the whole show. And and I kept thinking, oh, this is... And having Rise of Skywalker fresh on my mind where Poe's actually pretty cool again. And, you know, his he's his original kind of smarmy, kind of quick-thinking pilot guy. He was cool, you mm-hmm. know. Finn was good, too, and and likable and Ray was awesome and Kylo was cool and, and you know, but they're not in last Jedi. They're just this awful stuff. And as you watch last Jedi, 
some people had have talked with about Rise of Skywalker and said that you know JJ has just threw all of the Last Jedi out the window and he was kind of an insult to Ryan Johnson. But when you watch, I, I challenge you to watch the 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 Rise of Skywalker, or sorry, the the Last Jedi, knowing what JJ Abrams set up and how he wanted it to end. And you can't, and I dare you to not say that Ryan Johnson did the same thing. Sure. Like sure. in the first like 30 minutes, he starts like throwing everything away from episode seven. Well, there's yeah. even that, like, then the, let the, the past is dead, let it die kind of thing. You yeah. Know. I mean, it, the whole, every scene felt like a big f you to, to the Star Wars people and to J.J. Abrams. Now, I will say with The Rise of Skywalker, compared to The Last Jedi, I liked it enough that I've been still listening to other podcasts and people discussing it. And agreeing and disagreeing and whatnot, but mm-hmm. versus the last Jedi, I was like, "All right, time to distance myself from that movie. Put it in the back, skip right <laughs> past it on Netflix or Disney Plus. Never look at it. You know, yeah. it's already burned yeah. in my brain enough. I don't need to revisit it. But this past movie, that, I was like, that was true. a fun experience. All right, I want to see what these people have to hear about, say about it. Well, I, I know that several of my friends liked it, or I don't say several, but some people of my friends liked the last Jedi, and and I, you know. I'm open to things and seeing the big picture. Now I wanted to be able to see like, Hey, does this tie in? Is it, are there things that I think, you know, translated better? Uh, but, uh, it, it didn't, it, it did. It just, it had, a you know, the first thing is that Kylo destroys the mask right off the bat. Cause evidently the director did not like the mask. He changed the scar because he did not like the scar. He changed, you know, Ray. Cause he did not like how Ray was characterized. He changed everything about, all the stuff about episode he kills off uh, smoke or whatever it is mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i can see how in secret jj abrams was probably like i hate everything he did he just destroyed my movie i'm going to make my movie and not talk about his movie <laughs> so that's unfortunate i mean i think it would have been fine if they or whatever it would have been had they had one director or writer yeah, I mean, Ryan that's, Johnson for 789 or jj789 that's what everybody keeps saying i go back to months years ago mike whenever you said this that um the marvel cinematic universe seems to have kevin feige in charge mm-hmm. you know whatever the directors do some of the movies are better than others you know people like thor ragnarok better than dark world for example it's just the first two that come right. to mind mm-hmm. um but there's a guiding hand at the top who has a mission more than i've been thinking about this a lot in a couple of weeks because it's been couple weeks since we last recorded and trying to figure out the difference between just the way different things come together later we'll talk about uh lord of the rings but peter jackson does such you know good service to that source material you know you can't ever please everybody and there's so much material in a book that it's impossible to adapt it to screen in a fully satisfying way to a reader but Compare that trilogy to the Hobbit trilogy, which is just like goofy, ridiculous, over the top, like fan service for the first movies. And that's the same guy. Now, again, it's years apart. You probably have a little bit of a George Lucas thing going on there. But um, I think I think because you had quoted somebody on Twitter or something uh, last time we talked saying that. You shouldn't get, well, one, you shouldn't listen to the fans so closely as J.J. supposedly Mm. did. And maybe it was a bad idea. Well, there was some kind of ageist thing in there. But um, 
it's a bad idea to have a fan write in universe, right? So then you end up with something that some people call fan fiction. I'm like, I don't think that it's necessarily that because there were certainly people involved in Lord of the Rings who were fans of the books. Of course. Um, I think, I know that Jackson was and his wife and they were the primary driving force. Yeah, the and I, th- I think more important than whether or not they're a fan is the level of respect they have for the franchise or the source material. Right. Um, and to be honest, yeah, too, yeah. I think the term fan fiction gets thrown around a lot. And if you really look at it with Star Wars, if you're going on, or not fan fiction, I'm sorry, fan service, episodes mm, yeah. five, six, one, two, three, anything's a sequel to something that precedes it is fan service. Like, hey, everybody liked I it that much. That. Let's make another one. Right. Right. The, the only thing that, that, I mean, every once in a while you'll get one that's not like that, and then it's the oddball, like, well, that's not really – we that's the exception that movie doesn't really count sure you know and and I, i'm thinking we just had a conversation in chat today about jumanji and there's the, the movie zathura and it's it's jumanji but it's nothing like it and it has nothing to do with it kind of and it's kind of like they made their own movie with a little bit of type thing it's a fine movie kind of for kids as it is but it's there's like no fan service they don't do anything up they don't do anything to make you think it's like jumanji at all which, at that point, it doesn't feel like Jumanji. Sure. Right? Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I think there's got to be there's got to be a level. I, I, I know in Ryan Johnson's kind of defense is that, you know, his whole thing about, you know, kill the take the past and kill it or whatever it is, that you got to just, um, I don't know. He He's trying to uh, say six, seven movies is enough, guys. 35 years, let's turn it over to somebody else. But... That just felt forced, you know. It just felt like, hey, if people are are sixty years old and paying a million dollar dollars to watch this, then keep making movies for sixty year olds. It's totally fine. Hmm. Let let the let the twenty year olds have a new movie. I right. Some, it's a, it's somewhat a- ironically, that's what JJ did with Star Trek. Right, his first movie was like, hey, look, it's an alternate timeline. I don't have to give zero f's about continuity or. Uh, technology or any of that and then he made into darkness which is just all the all of the worst kind of fan service although i enjoyed it it's that's just a weird a weird thing of how how taste and yeah you're you're right i think with with the star trek universe i did enjoy the the reboot of the star trek universe but i think the reason i enjoyed the the reboot was because they really started kind of going downhill at the end of the last bit of star trek stuff so it was kind of like, oh man, I don't want more enterprise. Right, more I enterprise. Yeah, and that's I was I was the same way. I was like, okay, cool, that's that's fine. You still got Leonard Nimoy in there for that first movie, and it was it was enjoyable enough to watch and exciting and action packed in a way that we'd not seen in Star Trek. That uh, that I was still I was still able to enjoy that. Well, Mike, how was your uh, how was your trip? You went down to Orlando this last week did your yeah did your Sid and I went what's to it called star wars experience something cantina yeah uh it was the galaxy's age thing it was it was good um i did a lot so for kind of i guess good time stuff i just went to to disney it's the second year we've done this or second time we've gone to christmas mm. 
uh, down there. Um, it's always wonderful. Magical is the proper word to use uh, and uh, exhausting. Uh, sure, I, sure. It really helps you know your age when you're hobbling like an old man around because your back hurts so bad. And mm. It's pretty great. But the beer tastes great in Germany. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there you uh, go. Uh, so it was good times, but the, the only thing that I really talk about, spend a little bit of time, is uh, the Galaxy's Edge uh, at Hollywood Studios. Um, Hollywood Studios has had uh, kind of a, I don't know, the, 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 step, the ugly stepsister of, of the family. That uh, they have some things in there, but nothing really takes off. And you can see everything in there in about half a day. So you go to the park, pay the same price as any other park, and then get half the amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they 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 put their biggest franchise in there with this uh, whole Star Wars park, and it's called Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Um, and it's it's I the cool thing about going to like a theme park, and not just Disney, but a lot of these theme parks do it, is how you see modern them modernize things. You know, with fast passes or with different way rides technology happens mm. when i was a kid roller coaster was a roller coaster was a roller coaster it's just how many different loops they had or something right um but now the experience of walking into galaxy's edge isn't like going into Tomorrowland or Frontierland or whatever it might be they had for, first off you everything is in character so all the the staff and the people walking around even the janitors are in character the whole time sure they never will ever talk about your iPhone or Google <laughs> or anything like that. They, they say, bring up your hollow pad and stuff. It's just, that's just how they talk. Interesting. Right. Um, when they give you money back, it's, they ask you, it, you know, it'll be 49 credits. Is what imperial think, credits? 63 cents. Yeah. Imperial credits. Right. And, and you know what? And when you play back with, with them, they play back as well. Like, like if you just said imperial credits, they say, no, we, that's, that's no good here or something like that. Nice. Can I, uh, can I get paid in Beskar? Yeah, there you go. Best car, best car, right? So uh, that that's really neat. Um, and the whole area is Hollywood again because Hollywood Studios is kind of smaller. People are gone by noon or ish. So in the afternoon, it gets really really thinned out, mm. and you can really enjoy the thing. Uh, another neat thing is that um, their actors that they have for um, the Star Wars characters, they don't have them like all the rest of the parks or the in the. The worlds you go to see Mickey Mouse, you go into a tent and they have a line, and you go and you sit and you say hi to him, talk to him for thirty seconds, and take a picture and move on. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and there's a tent for Elsa, and there's a thing for you know just places you go that are just for them. In the Star Wars, Ray walks around, and Chewie is walking around through all the people, mm. and and they're but they're it's kind of like a play. They're always doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure, Ray Ray seemed to be. We just saw her real quick. Sydney just loved it because Ray walks really fast by her and she's looking around real quick. Like she's clearly on a mission to do something, <laughs> but we didn't know what that was. Right. And she'll walk across the park and we happened to go over there because we were going to stand in line for the Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride. And she goes up to the Millennium Falcon where obviously we can't walk, but she can. Mm-hmm. And Chewie's up there. He Again, he's just been walking to the park and he walks up there and he's working on the Falcon. And then she starts talking to him a little loudly so that we can all kind of hear sure. it. and they have a little thing right yeah and they're just talking about going somewhere and then a poe walks by and, they, and then she runs off and starts talking having another conversation in another part of the park gets she gets on the props like gets on the a-wing gets in the x-wing or poe will get in the x-wing and start firing stuff up and this just happens right while you're walking around very cool which is really neat you know and and none of it's behind 
there's no like bodyguards walking next to them or anything. They're just walking right next to you, stopping and talking. And sometimes you can get involved and they just, I guess they're hiring like actors. Yeah. Well, they're cast members, they call them or whatever. I've, I've only been, um, as I said, before we started recording, I've only been to the, the California park in Anaheim and Mm -hmm. I was already in my early twenties when I went and I went with a group of adults. So we didn't have any, Mm -hmm. any kids with us, but, um, that aspect of it always was what impressed me the most. Like the rides at Disney, especially the the Anaheim Park, don't compare to an actual like ride theme park like Cedar sure. Point or the Six Flags or whatever. Yeah. It's more about the experience and the immersion of this this performance, this pageantry that's always going on all around you. It, this really was. They had the thing I'm thinking about Chewie is that you would think Chewie get mobbed, but he. It's the reason he doesn't is because he's clearly going from point A to point B. And I know Sid looked up at him at one point. He's coming and he's like, oh, that's Chewie. And she's like, hi, Chewie. And he does the little growl that, oh, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. He'll acknowledge you, but he doesn't stop walking. Mm. You're right. So there's no like time to stop and mob and crowds. He's just always going. He'll acknowledge you and, and, she, and other characters will, but they just are doing something. Yeah, because right? I know we had a sort of quote-unquote expert guide with us in california and i saw the characters and i was like oh or we, we should go you know get our picture with mickey mouse or whatever and he's like no you avoid them because <laughs> they use the characters as crowd control like if it's really oh. if there are a lot of people concentrated in one area they'll send in mickey or donald or something and people will crowd around them and they'll slowly like siphon those people into a less crowded area oh very nice oh, that's interesting i didn't know yeah. that. that's interesting yeah, the uh, something that was also interesting with um, immersion is that all the food there is the kind of the menu is in is in the Star Wars language and then the the description below it and it's what you would expect. So you see like some weird Star Wars language and then it says short ribs below it, mm. or and then another another one says shrimp with uh, seasoned noodles. Right, so you kind of like, oh, I'm getting French fries and a burger, right? Which is what I expected. But when you get them, there, there's a every meal or food item has a twist to it to make it seem alien. I see. So, uh, so you don't have to read Arabish. Yeah, that's right. You don't have to read Arabish. <laughs> but but the, but the little app has translator, so you hold it up to all the stuff around there, and it translates the stuff. Awesome. So you can on Disney Play, you can you know hold it up to the signs with Arabish in it. Are the um. Are the French fries called death sticks? <laughs> no, that would be great, though. Right? I don't think they have French fries there. It reminds uh, me of the, uh, it reminds me of the restaurants downtown Indy during Gen Con. Yeah, oh, yeah kind sure. of like that. Except this is different, though. It, like it's more you, more immersive, more genuine. Yeah, here here and here's the reason why. Here's the the example. Uh, when you go to the Ram, they call it like Knight's Cow Slab or something, and it's just their normal barbecue burger. Sure. Right. This one you don't get. Like Sid got, you don't um, get normal food. Season. You get food that's it's like green eggs and ham or something. Kind of, yeah, yeah. So Sydney ordered shrimp and and seasoned noodles, and the description kind of looked like it was just like Asian noodles with shrimp, right? Right. And she was like, "I said it's like going to be like Chinese food, and, and you love that." She's like, "Oh, I, I love that. It's great." Mm-hmm. But what she got was noodles. The noodles were colored and they looked like tentacles. Okay. Mm. So so it looked like you were kind of eating alien squid. Sure. Right. And they and it had like cabbage in there that was instead of like chopped up cabbage they were thinly sliced like they were also tenac- purple tentacles, mm. 
Um, and then the, the shrimp were, they just had like cut a certain way. So they looked like they were alien fish or something. So it's the same thing you're eating with some interesting seasonings to make it not taste like kind of like an Asian dish, but not really. Sure. Right. Is this chicken uh, my, or this is, is this salacious crumb? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's exactly, that's exactly right. My dinner was short ribs, which actually the short ribs themselves were very, very good. And this was just at a counter service, walk up and get it at the counter. Um, the, the ribs were very, very good, but it had, a, instead of just having like a cornbread, which you would normally have a cornbread muffin on the side, their cornbread muffin had blueberries and red pepper flakes. Hmm. So it was spicy blueberry corn muffins. Interesting. So it, again, it felt alien. Uh, sh- the last part on food is they had, um, Sid saw on the menu, they had a hot chocolate and she said, can I get a hot chocolate? She said, well, we have hot chocolate and then we have the black spire outpost chocolate. And that's where the, the name of the little city there. Hmm. And which one would you like? I she wasn't sure, so I went ahead and got it. it the Black Spire is a very it's hot chocolate, but it's like with heavy cream or something. Mm. So it's really thick. Mm. It's like kind of like you're eating it, and it also has like red pepper flakes or something in it. Mm. So it's it's spicy. Just a little when you're a little spicy. Yeah, you definitely have a kick to it, and you're like, wow, this is hot. This is definitely hot chocolate, but it's not hot chocolate. Did they have? Could you order those uh, those birds from Last Jedi? The Pogues or Porgs, whatever those are porgs. called. The Porgs. I would totally. They, they should have called stick. it Porgs. They should have called it Porgs. I would have bought like six of those, right? Uh, so, no, that, that, that was cool. The rides were awesome. There's a little bit of the story I'll talk about offline about getting on Rise of Skywalker. It's it, or Rise of, not Skywalker, but Rise of the Resistance. Uh, one, they, have, they only have two rides currently in the park, mm-hmm. and one just opened. And to get on, even to get in line, you have to like sign up in the day of when the park opens mm, and you get in a sure. get in a what's called a boarding group and they don't you're not guaranteed we got to the park at seven o'clock when they opened it said seven zero zero and you can't click the app unless you're in the park and buzzed in and we were buzzed in at seven o'clock wow. and i still was on a, i was on the wait list mm. it's for, like for the we, it's like the events at gen con yeah them. it really is you it was just like that i was like holy moly so anyone comes like an hour later you're just not going to get on that ride um yeah you're and, SOL. And it's, yeah it's like a 20 minute ride though it's it's not a short ride it's a long thing that you go through and as soon as you get like they you walk up and you like scan in to say that i'm part of this boarding group and they take you to an area that has little bitty shop like a little market uh where the resistance is and they start doing like a little play as everyone comes in so there's clearly a rebel base here and then you kind of get captured and but you're in line right right they put you they put you in line to take you to interrogation so they take you individually as your group or whatever and start escorting you to across this marketplace and they put you in line Mm. right so you're actually standing in line but they put you there right and and as you go through you're going through the 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 base and stuff and disney play has a an app type thing that you go through and when you're in line there you can actually interact with the things in line like you can make the the gonk droid open up and talk so that you can save finn who's hiding inside of it right Um, yeah so so it's like super 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 immersive and then when you get on the ride itself you've already gone through several interrogation chambers you've walked through the imperial star destroyer you're uh you know walk through uh, scores of stormtroopers and uh, battle drills and things. And then you're finally escaping and that's the ride. Um, 
and it's all the ride is it's hard to describe it's the walls are movie projections kind of so you're it seems right. like you're looking outside at space and there's massive turrets shooting all around you and you're just running through it's it's so impressive and you end up getting shot at by a uh, life-size adat there's like three of them nice uh, yeah so it's it's super cool we actually got in line because um, I told you about the boarding group and how we finally got in and we did get on the waiting list and got in and we got to the part where it was our turn for interrogation and they we were in the Star Destroyer and then the ride broke down and they took us out and escorted us through the exit. You want to talk about breaking immersion. You go to the place mm. where they have the smoke breaks. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, crap. Um, and you walk out and they're like, here, here's a fast pass that you can use at any ride here. Sorry, it's broke down. I'm like, mother. Who knew all the first order were hourly employees? Uh. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, that that totally broke my thing. Nice. Uh, so we, uh, but thankfully, an hour later, we checked back and they hadn't opened the ride because it was getting close to close time. But they were allowing anyone who had been on in the line when it broke down to to ride the ride. So we were able to get in with nobody else on. Get back. It. Nice. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, and, and it was it, it was it was worth it. I know it was. It took a lot, and people who aren't who just casual going to the park are never going to be able to see it. But if it's if you put the effort in, it's that's something that's a, a unique experience that I've never been able to experience before, and felt very cool. Sydney, by the way, was an imperial officer. She chose the imperial side or first order side, and I was resistance. And, <laughs> and as you go through the park, like they said, they have X wings. If you're playing the app. You actually turn on stuff. Like I hacked into the X-Wing and it turns on. Like you hear it fire up because you push the app button on the app. Nice. nice. Um, yeah. And it's it's and the power antennas, gonk droids, any kind of thing happens. And all of a sudden you'll make it happen. It starts firing it up and shaking. And you're like, I did that. So you're kind of like a spice runner. Yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. So anyway, yeah, it's definitely neat. I, I've never seen a park like it. I, it. I'm sure they'll keep adding rides and events and attractions, but um, – if you're down in Orlando for a conference or something today, just, and don't you don't have to go to Magic Kingdom. Just go to Hollywood Studios and check out this cool <laughs> Star Wars nice. right, ride. Nice. You know, yeah. But since, since we're talking about Star Wars, can we talk about the, that ending of Mando season eight? Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. So when we when we last recorded, we hadn't talked about episode seven or eight. So oh, we didn't. Okay. Yeah, because I think our buddy Pat was on and he hadn't seen seven. So um, for the benefit of the listener, we're going to talk about episodes seven and eight of The Mandalorian and also the show in its entirety. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, skip ahead. Bill, have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you like? are you liking The Mandalorian series? Loving it. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you feeling about the, what's it called? The, the flow of the season. So the, the talk has been that it has heavy story in the first couple episodes, heavy story in the last couple episodes, but the middle episodes don't have much of their episodic. Are, are you a fan of that? Are you liking that? Is that something? I mean, that's... yeah, it's a nice change. I mean, I do enjoy it. I think it is true with them being very episodic, whereas you could replace or shuffle around. I think it was episode four, five, and six, and it really wouldn't matter. He flies yeah, you get in some... from point A to point Z, does things. The next episode, he's going to point B. You know, yeah, you get a little character development, a little, you know, you introduce a couple of the other characters. But in terms of the overall arc of, of his story, 
what happens yeah. in those episodes is not is not super. Yeah, it important. doesn't build on anything. It's not really leading towards something. Do you, do you think I'm, I'm assuming they'll do since they already started filming season two before season one is even released that they're just going to continue with more of that? Yeah, I mean because they already um, have the release date, right? Fall of 2020. Yeah, the, and they're they've been filming and they're in post production, I think. Sure. Uh, so that it's not going to change much. Let's put it that way, uh, which I think is okay, right? I mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy. So. I think the one thing, and then I guess we got kind of touched on to harpen back to Last Jedi versus Rise of Skywalker, though, is Favreau wrote all the episodes. Now he has all different directors, but he wrote the story. Well, he didn't write four, five, and six. Oh, really? Okay, I thought he, he wrote produced them, all. them. He produced them, but he didn't write them. Okay, I was wrong on that aspect. I'm sorry. Nice. Yeah. He, 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 uh, they had episodic writers and directors for four, five, and six. Well, then I guess then that shows the formula of like you probably shouldn't bring somebody in in the middle of something to do it because it changes yeah. pace, changes direction real quick. But yeah, that's for half that, an hour, it doesn't really matter, I guess. That's a weird thing a lot of TV shows do. Like, I remember people saying in the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones that there would be one episode a season that Martin would direct himself and or. Well, there's there's direction and there's writing, and of course for the for that in that example, it's all based on the books, at least for the first five seasons that were the good ones. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird to think of like most TV shows are written by a room full of people, and different people are giving given writing credits on different episodes. But some shows have a really distinct feel from one episode to the next. You're like, oh, this is if you're you know, if you're sort of, sort of a student of not film, but whatever, um, you know, you might notice that like you go back to the office and you're like, oh, this is a this is clearly a B.J. Novak episode or a um, Mindy oh, Kaling right. episode. Like mm-hmm. the tone and the style changes, even though the characters are all the same. And to the average casual viewer, there's no difference. It's just you might say like, oh, I like this episode a little better than that one sure. without knowing why. Yeah, right. Uh, and one of our friends had said that, you know, they really liked that. And it's, ha- it's how it used to be back in, in TV and stuff. And and I can't disagree with that. I mean, I, a lot of my shows that I I really enjoyed, I like that they're you could just watch an episode and it's OK. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, <laughs> as Dennis brought it, brought forth the, the office example, I liked the Keystone things. Or I actually thought of Dennis when when you were talking about the when you watched um What's the Star Trek one with the space station? Uh, Deep Space Nine. Hmm. Like th- there are ones that you watch, right? All the rest are fine, but if you want to know the overall story, these are the ones you watch. Sure, and I think the when we were talking about Mandalorian, it reminded me of the X Files, a show I've not seen much of. I sort of missed the mm-hmm. the window to watch that, and whenever I've gone back, to, I watched some of the reboot stuff a couple years ago. But if I go back and try to watch the original, it's just too the dated technology is too distracting for me, but um, they would do that in their storytelling where the, um, the main stories of um, Scully and Mulder and the aliens and the smoking man and all of that stuff would be a major part of an episode. And then they would go a couple episodes in a row with nothing in between. For me, what makes that more okay in the case of Mandalorian is that there are only eight episodes and they're all short um, I totally agree. You yep, know, totally the, the longest Mandalorian episode was like 40 minutes and most of them were more like 30 
or even less. Um, and there was so little of it that I was perfectly fine with an episode that maybe wasn't as good as some other episode. Probably the sure. one of the weakest for me was maybe the heist episode, except that one was just mm-hmm. formulaic. The mm-hmm. the other one with um, uh, Agent May, whose name I can't pronounce. Um, right. I don't remember any, not, really anything. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. really remember anything about that episode, so that's the one where I would say that's probably the weakest because I forgot everything that happened in it. Um, but yeah, yeah, the the I think that the number is the same thing. If it had been a uh, a Netflix show where they do thirteen episodes, even though you don't need them, I you would have people would have complained. It would have really hit down low where they have episode one and two are good you know, 12 and 13 are, are good. And then you've watched nine episodes where nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, that's you, you cited star Trek and that's the, that's the network television problem, right? Like you have to come up with, you know, a good 18 to 20 hours of content every season. And, you know, you can't, you can't have that much, that much of a story. You know, if you have a show like, like game of Thrones, it was more like 10 hours a season. And yeah. so you you end up having to pad the pad the runtime with so much, you know, side questing or whatever that uh, that the the viewer gets gets bored, gets burnt out, especially if you're trying to go back and binge watch it. Well, those shows, too, like like The Office and, and um, uh, Star Trek, you know. Besides the hardcore fans, people didn't watch those every week. They didn't like, hmm. it's Thursday night at 6 o'clock, let's turn on the office. Right. Fans did, but a lot of people were like, I'll catch it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because um, it wasn't one of those things where, you know, you could just have it all the time. But still, people were like, it's, if I miss it, it's not going to be a big thing. But these days, with like Star Trek Discovery and Mandalorian... Yeah, it's Friday. Oh, I've missed it. I have. I can't believe it's Saturday and I haven't seen it yet. Right? I I was getting crap from like Bill and some other friends about that I hadn't seen it in like three days, and they were like, "I one more day is all you got, right?" Before we're on call. <laughs> yeah, the spoiler on free zone. Spoil. Yeah. yeah, that. Um, to me, that that peak sort of transition because I think people did that. Some people did that back in the day for Star Trek or or especially X Files because of the the ongoing story. Um, but to me, that's peak was in uh, with lost. Right. Yeah. Especially because it would go a couple weeks without a new episode. And then there was a writer's strike and all there. And, you know, we had, we were not in the earliest days, but we were like in the, you know, the, the internet was just starting to become commonplace and usable. And so people would get on forums and they would, talk about their theories and they're like i got a screenshot of the wall when it the, the, the blast door came down and there's all these formulas written on here and look there's the dharma logo and it's you know <laughs> that it, like that peak you know and then of course the massive letdown that was the finale uh, <laughs> yeah. sort of crushed that yeah. but yeah the the uh i i think that you're right if, if this had gone on for a whole bunch I don't know how it would have been received or, or I don't know the sticking. I wonder what they're going to do. If they're going to stick with eight with their, if you know, if um, Disney plus is going to, with their shows are going to start with, you know, just small runs of series instead of large runs. Cause one of the, the, the uh, criticisms that you and I, and as well as many others have given 
uh, Dennis, to um, a lot of the Netflix shows is that they're just too long, right? You, you just yeah. I mean the so the long. biggest advantage to making a streaming first show is you have the option. Like, what kind of what kind of show are you making, and what format fits that the best? We watched um, half of a show. I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but a Netflix Christmas or holiday rom-com uh a show called merry happy whatever with dennis quaid and it's (laughs) and it's not good i think that it's hope i hope that it's intentionally bad but it's it's written and created just like an 80s or 90s stage sitcom with the laughter and and all that stuff and so yeah without the 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 regulations and the controls of, of network television you can make you know do you want hour-long episodes do you want hour and a half episodes like um i'm sure i've seen something recently that was like that or that's sort of how sherlock is though sherlock was on uh the bbc or you make you know the the episodes of mandalorian are are all over the place i mean not insanely but they're all you know like within plus or minus five to ten minutes in right yeah i've noticed that a few times i'm like hey this one's 36 minutes versus yeah, because when you're, like, yeah. when you're streaming it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to fit in a time slot with station IDs and, and advertising and all of that stuff. You can mm. do whatever fits the content best. Yeah, right. Hey, uh, so Bill, sorry, let's, let's get into the meat of these two episodes real quick, the, the wrapping up of the mm. story. So the, the, the story goes that... Um, he, the Mandalorian took a job like he, he normally did, just a bounty hunter. Yep. And he, he uh, the job required selling a kid, rescuing a kid, and a little baby Yoda, and then selling it back to the, the Empire. It required um, getting an uh, asset. Didn't know it was a child. Asset. Right, right. He was finding something uh, or returning something. And he finds out and kind of gains this kind of thing. So now we find ourselves at episode seven where he has, uh, he's trying to, he got a communication from Carl Weathers. Do we all, do we know what his real name is? They say his name, right? Yeah. At some point. Yeah. But Carl I, Weathers. For you. Uh, and, and he's got a communique saying like, come back and we'll, we'll team up and go against the, the Imperial dude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is clearly a setup and he uh, goes back Werner and gets his team together. Uh, so what was, uh, so, and that's where we started this one. He, he's going back to the planet, the, the not tattooing. No, it was tattooing, right? No, no it was not tattooing. tattooing. Right. Cause he does go to tattooing. Like something. The t- tattooing is the, is chapter five. Um, Carl Weathers character is grief Karga. Grief Karga. And he's, we do find out about, about those two, a couple, right? Like there's a whole thing when the moth comes down and starts just like info dumping all the information. <laughs> that right? was pretty cool. Yeah, he just starts like, here we go. Here's all about Cara Dune. Here's all about yeah. Carl Weathers, and you're like, oh man, we now He's we know all leaking all over the place. Yeah, it's a he was. <laughs> it's an interesting sort of like like old school James Bond meeting the villain early, where they're both like describing the other to them. They're like, oh, I know all about you, Mister Bond. You're the this and this and this. And right. it's a it's a way you know obviously info dump is for the benefit of the audience, but if yeah. you if you do it like this, it's like, yes, the Moff character is explaining a bunch of stuff for us, but him knowing it is a threat and a and a revelation to yeah. the characters. So sure. it's kind of yeah. a cool and, way and to do that. Just another, he's not just your normal bad guy. He is actually, he knows 
are us. So, yeah. Right. 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 And 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 especially these characters who all of them uh, seem to pride themselves on their uh, was anonymity. Their their mystique. Yep. Yeah. The, the fact that they don't you don't know about them and they don't want to tell anybody about themselves. And he just flat out says, "Oh yeah, you're a disgraced governor. You're a shock trooper that did this, and you're a Mandalorian that's not actually a Mandalorian." Right. And, holy. And, and he, the big shock there for me was that he tells the Mandalorian's name. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Which I don't know what it was, but it's like it's a thing. I'm like, oh, man. John June, something like that. Yeah. You're just gonna go flat out and just tell us that mm-hmm. like nothing. Uh, so anyway. So, did, what did you think of this, this? The way this closed out, Bill? Is it a? Uh, I mean, the, episode you, seven. Being a dad? I'm trying to think. Episode seven. He goes back and meets with uh, Nick Nolte's character, the I Have Spoken mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Queel. Yeah. Queel yeah, and asks right, yeah. asks ask him for his help, and of course, he begrudgingly accepts, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But he's got the he's got the nurse droid. Yeah, the IG eleven. Right. I guess the IG yeah. droids. Or, yeah, he reprograms them to be a nurse protector droid. Yeah, but that I was mean, my saddest moment of the whole show. By the way, the demise of yeah, and, but you kind of knew too, I guess, going into episode eight that that droid would be huge because they forced it on you so much in episode seven. Sure, yeah, you know, I was like, sure. oh, he protects, he protects, he protects. I'm like, all right, fine, I guess we're going. To play. You know, this guy's going to like this droid after a while. You know, he's going to yeah. maybe change his feeling about droids all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. In half an hour. <laughs> right. He he had a couple of. Uh, life-saving moments though sure. right like oh yeah that but that, that I, happened i guess my only i mean grant it's half an hour episode and you know i i couldn't do any better but i guess my only grief was um when he is when the mandalorian is contacting quill over the comlink which evidently they only have so many channels on the comlink channel because then mm-hmm. the two speeder bike guys hear it and and they randomly fly off is. yeah i'm yeah i'm yeah. glad they picked that one direction in 360 degrees to fly Right, and <laughs> <laughs> went a long ways. Right, yeah. I have trouble. I, I, I have trouble. I, when I walk out of the grocery store. Like, where did I park again? Where did I put you my know? car? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These yeah. nice. guys went over miles. I was a little confused at, at the tone they were setting at the beginning because it, it felt like a comedy right off the bat with the stormtroopers. No, so you, that's episode you, eight. You've moved on to eight now. Oh, eight. Sorry, my bad. Okay, so <laughs> seven has the Ugnot join, and he's got. They go back and get Cara Dune. Uh, which is cool. She's a pretty. She's gets better with every episode. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, th- our our buddy Chris said, and I I don't remember if we said this on the air or not, but um, he said it felt like a like a season of building the team. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The team was not as broad as I expected when he said he needed somebody to watch after the child, which is what they obviously don't call him Baby Yoda in the show. They call it the child. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, We're like, it's Baby Yoda. Say Baby Yoda. And, uh, I, you know, there was that um, one female character that he ran into who sort of took care of uh, the child while he was yeah, yeah, I thought they were gonna get her. Um, adventuring. And I thought she was going to come back, but not yet. I totally do. Um, and... That's the one thing I know, Mike, you and I talked about the the introduction of the Cara Dune character in the uh, the, the Seven Samurai episode, mm-hmm. um, which overall was kind of one of the weakest in terms of writing. It was all very like, you know, characters speaking in exposition, but you yeah. get the most kind of lore in that episode, at least up until True. up until these these last two. And right. you get the development of 
the relationship between the Mandalorian and Cara Dune. It's sort of rushed because they do this weird time compression thing where apparently weeks go by or something. But right. you need some of that setup for the way that her character behaves in these, sure. in these I, finale I think, episodes. too, it was also rushed when he was convincing her to go with him in episode seven. Mm. She's like, yeah, no, I, I'm happy here. There's nobody here. He's like, yeah, but you kill Imperials. Okay, I'll go. Right, you know, like, wow, that took through... 30 seconds. <laughs> exactly. We sit through like hours and hours or six, seven, eight hours of uh, character development in, Lord, in Game of Thrones. And it just, you know, you have slow pacing and people, you know, change their minds or come to conclusions or are forced into things. And then you watch this one and are like, okay, we got 36 minutes and you got two episodes to do this in. Yeah. It's like, so I, I don't know it. I like it. It's fine. It, it, I'm not, this is not a complaint, but you could, you could actually make more. You, you could have taken those last four episodes and made them into eight. Sure. Right. I, and, and actually spent time with it. I days. see yeah. so many, I see so many shows that are, that are longer, more drawn out than they need to be, that I'm mm-hmm. a little more forgiving of a show that it... I, and I wouldn't yeah. even... Like, some parts of it are rush, rushed, but there are plenty of times where, you know, you have just enough... You have as much of them, you know, riding those fish things across yeah. the desert as you need. Like, they yeah. ride, and there's music, and it all takes you know, like 20 seconds or something. Yeah, it's as much right. as you really need in 2019, almost 2020. You know, yeah. we don't need five straight minutes of that like people wanted yeah. and were okay with, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah, you're right. And and you're also right in the fact that, like, I'm okay with it. Like, it's weird, but because it's the time, maybe it's the time, the only 36 to 40 minutes, and, and it's so, and all of it is pretty cool, I kind of accept that, like, oh, I know they could have spent more time on that, but it's okay. Sure. It's, we're just, we're moving along type thing. You, we're and going you, to the next. And you don't need too much time to, like, sit and think about everything that's happening and overanalyze all of it. Like, you want to keep yeah. the action moving so that the, the viewer doesn't have time to sit and go, wait, what if, mm-hmm. did you really need to do, because then you've broken, you know, the... Um, immersion i guess for the lack fun of even like yeah. th- that's that's something too is that uh because they move so quickly that y- you start you just gives the whole series a feeling of like okay don't think too hard we're moving along like why is he putting a baby like the main thing moving on to episode eight why did the ig droid bring, he's supposed to protect this baby but he puts him right in the middle brought of him the back to the town <laughs> Like the, yeah, right? the orders he gave Quill were to go back to the ship and engage some kind of defense protocol. And we never got to see that. I was like, why didn't he take the baby back to the ship? Why so did he ship. bring it right into the middle of all these, these imps? Yeah. Right. right. But, but as soon as it happens, which is a cool scene, like we're right on to the next thing. He's now he's inside. Now there's a flame store, uh, you know, trooper. Now they're in the sewers. It just goes so fast that you don't have time to really like, worry about you only think about the next day when you're at work discussing it with people you're like hey in yeah right in terms of time and and pacing and timing it frustrated me very much and this is exacerbated by the fact that um except for my sister sarah and i there's nobody here um and so we didn't have any kind of christmas um celebration or anything andrew came down for a couple days right over the holidays and we played like three games of gloomhaven 
Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I had, you know, two and a half solid days off of work. And I'm like, why isn't there a new Mandalorian yet? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> because, that Wednesday, because that Wednesday before Rides of Skywalker kind of threw a kink in the whole. Yeah, it know. threw the whole thing off. And it was also this big cliffhanger with the Moff arriving at the end of episode seven. I'm like, you put the biggest gap between episodes at the cliffhanger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I understand right. why they did it with the release of yeah. Rise of Skywalker, but it was still very, like, I was like, what is it, is it not Friday? Oh, it's only Tuesday? i got, like, four more days? Yeah, right. I, I was thinking that same thing. I was like, it's oh, mm-hmm. Right, so, so but no then matter again, what I just you... went back and watched episode seven again, so it wasn't too bad, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That's true, it's true. Yeah, why, why, why you could, there's p- potential to have criticism, which is kind of one of the things almost with Rise of Skywalker that is weird for me is because, everybody can watch the Mandalorian and love it so much. And it has glaring issues, but you go watch the rise of Skywalker and it just, you point out every little possible fallacy that hasn't have a thing. And you're like, what, you know, what point did you decide to have fun here, but not have fun there? Why do you just suspend disbelief here, but not there? And I think that it's just the, the way that um, Favreau kind of understands or has, a good grip on actually it's not him. It's Dave Filoni, the guy that did at rebels. He's also a writer. on mm-hmm. this. Uh, He, um, th- ha- they have a real good concept of what they want for a, a series. They want the short things, fast pace. Don't sit on, on story forever. Like really the story in the script of the, the four episodes that matter are probably really small. Sure. Like they don't, they don't do a whole lot. It's not like they go into their. It's pretty their simple and straightforward. History. It's it's like all the times that that we and other people have said, um, Ryan Johnson probably could have made a perfectly good Star Wars movie outside of the main storyline yep. because there's yeah. so much. There's 50 years of well, 45 42. some years, 42. of weight 42 of expectation on this on this franchise and these characters in this story. Exactly. Like, let him do something else with new characters just like this like these are all as far as i know all new characters yep um because yeah, they they, so, it's not even an ig88 it's ig11 so evidently IG there's 11, more versions of ig droids which i didn't know mm-hmm. like all right yeah <laughs> yeah you're right dennis they, they they they're all new characters they're in the star wars universe but they get to have fun and not have to have any kind of expectations or, or anything and, and enjoy it. And then they get to throw in cool things like, Hey, here's a flames you know, trooper guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do dig. So again, moving now on to episode eight, I, I dug, I do dig every once in a while the the little Easter eggs that they pepper in here and sure. there, uh, like the e-web engineers, and the e-web, e-web stuff, the, the gun, like that's, that's an extended universe thing. Like they don't re- never do they call it an e-web thing, but if you've ever played, um, the Imperial Assault game, the E-Web gun is a beast. And yeah, you, that was the that one thing, thing up on in the, the game. One of the parts I did not like of the episode was when he yeah. picks it up. Yeah, you know, there's a reason that thing's on a tripod. <laughs> he, <laughs> right? They, why didn't they just pick it up? They they, they start pushing he's, they start pushing their up. way out, and I'm like, oh, is he going to jump on the turret again, just like he did at the yeah, beginning of the like, show? Oh, no. And then he right, right. Then he ripped it off, and Andrew goes, "Well, oh yeah, he's going to rip it off because to him, you know, it's just like Halo, right, or any number of video games where <laughs> yeah. you pull the minigun off the tripod." And but if you do yeah, look, like, most of those shots were hitting the ground in front of people. So I mean, it was yeah. a concussion blast that was blowing them back. So at least he wasn't drilling them in the chest or the head. Right. So he didn't have that much control. But I'm like, dude, 
know, that right. Thing, you know, but whatever. That's you know. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, a lot. Of, a lot of this this episode episode nitpicking eight, on space was, magic. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's waste. A, a lot of this episode was just the, they said why just because it's fun. Yeah. Oh, right. why do we want IG eighty or IG eleven in the middle of this? Oh, because it's cool and he can shoot guys again. Yeah. Right. You know. He, he why, picked why up the wanna... web because he rolled a nat twenty. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why? Why do we have a flame trooper? Because it's cool, right? Um, I was I was happy that they brought back the the cool Mandalorian lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, she was she's a awesome. badass, and she got to fight. Isn't she? And she got to fight, and she lived. So mm-hmm. I was I'm. I, it's it's kind of sad that they killed off all the Mandalorians, but it's cool that they supposedly, kept her. yeah. Supposedly, remember they yeah. ditched their armor, you know. But then that's also d- breaking their creed. Breaking their creed, right. Right, the runaway. Right. I was like, that's kind of weird. Right when when she starts telling him things he's gonna do, and every like he he the camera cuts to him, and he he doesn't say anything, but you know he's looking at his mask like. But but yeah. and she follows it up with right away with this is the way I'm like what a terrible thing it's like a parent saying this is how it is <laughs> because I said know? so because I said so You're like this is the way I'm like crap he can't rebut that right no, no right <laughs> I'm a dad now what okay this is the way <laughs> that's just how they raise you know um, foundlings and foundlings. Men and children this is the way right. oh, I get you right because <laughs> I said so, so. that was gotta, that's cool gotta pay it forward. Yeah, we're we're establishing. Uh, we know that we're gonna hopefully finally have one of the very few unexplored areas of the Star Wars universe, which is the Yoda people. We're gonna have something on that someday, right? That's true. Yeah, I mean, take him back to his family's. Like, where's this at? Yeah, there's like it. two in the world. <laughs> I, I actually right. read about, by the way, the the third Yoda character, um, the Yaddle character. Oh, Evid- episode two or one? Yeah, yeah, or one of those two. Evidently, like. It was a. It was supposed to be a Yoda character in the Jedi Council. It was supposed to be like Yoda in a flashback where they made him younger. But mm. somebody said, "said Well, we're just going to use him in this shot, this the puppet, and put a wig on him." That's all they did. They put a wig on it. Wow! And I'm like, oh god, it's terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> and, and now we have a yaddle. That's so, funny. what do you guys think on the controversy of punching a child or a animal? That was great. <laughs> oh, I laughed. I laughed so good. I was like, oh, he just punched Yoda like three times. Like, Shut up. <laughs> Quit it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But then guys no, I loved like, it because... you just want to see it again. <laughs> that was great. I mean, yeah. I, actually, I loved it because it, it, it made them bad guys. Like, For sure. That's... Yeah. yeah. And, and I... it explains why they're so, they're so comical in that scene. Like, you need some of that or it's just so shocking to see them. Just, just abusive power. Yeah. Abusing this, this, you know small creature yeah like that was that was i mean that was something like he when he whacked him i was like oh he whacked and then he whacks him like two other times mm-hmm. like whoa they're going hardcore into this thing that guy is a straight up b-hole but at the same time it never did show those guys die so i do hope they get their own disney plus show <laughs> <laughs> that's right he does just not that's the thing too is that i always love how somehow people can walk up behind two people and bump their heads together with helmets on and then they just totally pass out. Yeah, that totally right. yeah, takes away the thing of a helmet, you know. Who who, who establishes that that's a, a possibility in movies? Like I don't Was that in Jedi? Didn't he do that in Jedi Hans? I don't know. He he did it in the 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 last Jedi. I know. I just watched it recently. Finn walks up between two guards and like bump their head together and I'm like oh, It's God. probably probably somebody in some classic film did it to guys without helmets. 
And they're like, yeah. they're like, oh, just knock their heads together like that old Humphrey Bogart movie or what? I'm, I have no yeah. idea what movie. I just named Pum- right, Humphrey right, Bogart right, man, yeah. uh, randomly. But uh, yeah, and then in Star Wars, they're like, yeah, sure, it works the same. I mean, just yeah. like, you know, a blaster goes right through their the stormtrooper armor, but sure. the Beskar steel is basically vibranium. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. <laughs> right. You can melt it right down, craft it to wherever you want, but a laser can't pierce it. I have right. never understood why stormtroopers wear their armor. Like it, not a single blaster bolt does it stop. True. Right. Like I just don't. It just seems like a big old bulky thing that you don't need to have on. It's got to be kind of hot. Well, I think too. Yeah. Even in Rogue One, with the uh, blind guy and the staff, he's beating them all up. Like you're wearing a helmet and boots and armor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's just knocking them all out. I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, so they, they, they do escape in this one and IG 11 sacrificed himself in a very cool scene. I thought, uh, I was yep. sad to see that droid go. Cause I, I love him fighting. I love the whole robot spin around, shoot things, you know, swirling yeah, baby that, Yoda around. That, that was cool. Andrew said, Oh, we finally get to see one of those things go off. Yeah. And uh, he's like, it right. didn't, it does, didn't really look how I expected. And I said, well, they do call it a thermal detonator. It makes sense that it would just yeah. be a big fireball. Yeah. Oh, right. They, they kind of, I think they kind of played too almost on the, the K2SO when he did that in Rogue One. He kind of holds them all off, you know, like, yeah. goodbye. Yeah. And this one, he's like, well, I have to. And, you know, this is the only way we'll save the child. Right. Which is pretty cool. But again, you that... want to add half an hour. On him, so you were like, "Oh, that's, gotta do what you okay, do. that was right. cool." But KJ right, was right. like, "Oh, that's kind of sad." The the, uh, the speaking of thermal detonators at Galaxy's Edge, you can buy a soda like a Coke or a Sprite, and the the bottles are plastic, but they're shaped like a thermal detonator. Nice. nice. So you, you you unscrew the top of the thermal detonator and drink the soda. <laughs> I say nice, so I get picked up in airport security next year, walking through like, "Oh, it's <laughs> Mountain Dew." No, it was my, that's right. We I totally to I totally to brought here, it home. Please. So. It's great. Uh, so th- I thought the Tie Fighter scene was kind of neat, right? Like he, he gets he, the mm. they give him his backpack on this one, which uh, okay, sure has I unlimited mean, fuel. He, yeah, unlimited fuel. He, he learned how to use it really quickly. Well, it has she to asks, speak to him. Yeah, he she asks training? and says, "Do you have? Yeah, training? did you have training in the Phoenix thing?" He's like, "Yes, I did." Mm-hmm. So he knows how to do it. Which but I then she understand. adds something yeah. too. It says like you, it has to accept you, or you had to accept it before you're ready, or something. She did. She right. threw that in there real quick. I was like, oh, okay. That took two minutes, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of the right. droid carrying it, going, I can no longer carry this for you. <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay. So, so, what about um, how they handled? How do you guys think that how they handled the the reveal of his face, like showing the audience? When everybody leaves and he's, you know, they explain really clearly that it's a living thing and he's a droid. And I, I turned to Andrew and I went, loophole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so they can show us his face. I'm like, why would they get such a handsome actor to play this voice part when they could have just, you know, gotten anybody, anyone, any voice right. actor to do it? Sure. Uh, sure. So, so that, that kind of gets people off, off the backs. Like, right, when's he going to do it? When's he going to do it? When are we mm-hmm. going to see it? Like now people aren't going to really care. By the right. way, I thought it was a very bad angle for that. actor. I thought that too. Like that was probably mm. his worst angle since game of Thrones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, like man, the, that dude's bloated. His he head, did. He looks super bloated. Head gets crushed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and now and the like, makeup and ooh. Yeah. 
It was, it was terrible. And I know he doesn't look like that. Just the bad angle they had him at. So it was. Like, like, the most handsome actor, supposedly, in the free world right now. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> and they make him look like a turd coming yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, you're 5'9", 240. I, I wonder if I wonder if some of that wasn't intentional from like a, and of course this is the way that I think but mm-hmm. from like a lore setting perspective sort of the way that um uh Darth Vader when they take the the helmet off he looks like oh, Billy sure. Joel with the harmonica Yeah right uh, you know <laughs> a just a old crusty white guy just a feeble pale like it yeah if he's wearing the helmet all the time of course he's going to be super pale Yeah sure, true sure. right yeah, the so that was that was cool. I'm glad that they did it so that so that we we got it out of the way and we don't right. have to worry about it. Right. right? Yeah. Because because seriously, we don't want the Mandalorian not wearing his mask. I mean, because they had maybe that, a, that teaser a real quick. What episode four? Yep. In that rice patty planet. Right. All oh, right. When he kind of took it off, yeah. Hey, he was, uh, he was eating lunch by himself. Because I was always right. like, how does he eat? Yeah, that's what that's what everybody asked, and then that strong, Seven Samurai episode, they're like, "Yeah, it's he takes it off, but only when there's no one around." <laughs> Lock the doors, your... but I'm gonna look out the window. Look out the window, right? right. <laughs> With all the kids playing, <laughs> yeah, that's so good. That's okay. Again, we we just let it go, right? That's what we do. Yeah. Um, which is great because we do let a lot of stuff go for this series, and and I think the reason for many reasons we let it go is just because the story isn't terribly involved. No. There is not a lot here that we have to go on, so we don't really – we're not overthinking things. Well, so, I think, so too, much. Carl Weathers' best line was, come on, baby, do the magic hand thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's good. What, what is the deal with people not understanding Jedis? I just don't get how over, like, ten years they can – oh, yeah, I for, totally forgot there's Jedis. No, remember yeah. we had this conversation going to Galloping Ghosts about that. We did, but it drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. Because Star Wars is a world where Star Wars doesn't exist, right? Like <laughs> that is exactly like, right. <laughs> we all know, but they're you know, they're like samurai or or whatever. Like they say that in uh whichever movie um the newer movies, Ray says she thinks Luke Skywalker is a myth. Yeah. Like he's just a mm-hmm. just a person. Like all of these rebel planes flew and blew up to the Death Star, but you know, somebody tells you that, like, yeah, there's this one guy. He was a kid from a from a moisture farm, and he used the force, and he, it sounds like a campfire tale. Yeah, and, and right. a whole another star system, you know, far, far away. Right. You're right. right. And it is a galaxy they're talking about. We're not talking about, like, Oklahoma or anything. It's yeah, like right. And, I mean, even, too, like, so, it, wasn't, it was the wise making lady that pointed it out. She goes, oh, I've, I've heard of these. Right? Yeah. Didn't maybe, she say that or something like that? She points out, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like they, they they know about the empire, but they're so far from the um, from the New Republic that it has almost no bearing on their on their day to day lives. Like there's you know the so and far, see, away. and that's kind of why I enjoyed when you kind of get some theory loop it back to the new trilogy was you know the empire was so far reaching. It's like okay, sure they blew up the Death Star and the, you know the super star destroyer, but the rest of the navy in theory still out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now you're going to have right. a power struggle for who's in charge. And then when you get to episode seven, it's like, okay, here's all these grandkids that thought their grandfather's ideals were cool. So, you right. know, you start it up again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did, not to go into it, but I did dig the line that they had of the old guy, uh, General Pride or whatever it was in Rise of Skywalker, where he tells the Emperor, I've served you in the old wars and I'll serve you again. I was like, oh, that's cool. They get like an old guy that. Yeah, was the old shit. Yeah, because like, well, even episode cool. seven, they had some older guys on there, surrounded by you know teenagers. 
Right, right. But they so, were I mean, that, like, that, that was, that the was guys cool. on the bridge going, no, it's going to be this. But yeah, I, I did enjoy that too. Like I've served you before as so I'll serve you again. Like, wow. Right. So wrapping this up with the thing at the end here, um, the, the moth survives the TIE fighter attack. And I thought it was almost comically hilarious how as soon as they take the TIE fighter down, they're like, they start saying the end of an episode outro type thing. Okay, let's all go our certain ways. Here, you do this, you do that. Yep. I'm gonna. I'm like, that was such a wrap up that I was. It was very difficult to not like just laugh at a little bit. Um, right. And, and then uh, they had uh, oh the black the black saber black saber dark saber right dark saber yeah it that is from as a Easter egg that is from uh, the rebels yep. uh, cartoon uh, which is a really big thing for the mandalorians Mm -hmm. so that is that is a really cool little easter egg and i know people who watched the 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 rebel show just got really really excited about it our buddy pat was i talked to him in chat and he was like oh my god i can't believe that's a thing they did in there (laughs) yeah i've never seen that my daughter is re-watching the rebels right now he's got sabine's dark saber like yeah nice nice yeah, yeah. Andrew, right. Andrew told me some about that because he had seen it. I've never seen it, and he's like, "Yeah, the Mandalorians didn't invent the thing that sort of becomes the proto." He didn't say proto, but like proto lightsabers, um, and they were like that. They were black, and yeah, people, people. I'm sure most people think that that's just a black lightsaber, but it, you know, understandably. But it's really cool. Now here's that's the thing, though, on that on that Tie Fighter, I always thought they loaded in from the top the pilots got in from the top i could be mm. incorrect i think that you're thinking that that's how the toys loaded <laughs> they loaded you from the top all right because... all right i know that's how and i think of course that was so i was like why is he i mean i know why now but i'm like he easily get out of that thing it's you know facing forward but he had, they made a point for him to cut through the wall of it yeah in, in the force awakens when they steal the TIE fighter to escape, they get in from behind. Dude, okay. I'm, yeah. And I, I so, think so, I've seen that before, but again, I know for a fact because I have two toys in the garage that the top opens and put the guys inside. But I was okay. never completely sure. But I was like, hmm, that's weird. Uh, yeah, it, that's true. Um, but again, too, I guess those TIE fighters, those things are right. Kylo Ren's, how was he not even out. dizzy? I know we're getting back over to Rise of Skywalker, but how was he <laughs> not even like a little bit dizzy? Those balls ever invented. This he did. Roll. He spun like crazy. And I'm like, that dude would have like brain injury. It's when ridiculous. When they put that on the Disney experience, I want that ride. Like, all right, we're going to load you <laughs> up in this TIE fighter and run you down this hill. Good and you luck. know, I... I that that whole I would say even the second time that whole scene is just as cool. By the way, like oh it was God, cool awesome. in the trailer when you watch it, and then when she jumps again, it's still cool. Yep. And when it she held uses up. the force, it's even better cool. Yep. Yeah. I yep. was yeah I was like that's awesome. That was super super awesome. Like, but they never also they don't show him getting out of it. But anyway, you're right. I, I this is one of those things that and we you and I and Dennis can take this for granted because we don't actually realize it. But let me tell you, like little girls. Being able to watch and go outside now and play as Ray oh, yeah. in a real type thing is cool, and not because she's a woman, just because she is awesome, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And and she have and it's good for little boys to also go out there and be pretending to be Ray. Yep, right. So to she's, steer she's awesome. back real quick, because I don't know if you guys touched on or not, if you talked on about the Rise of Skywalker prior. What did you think about uh, Chewie getting Han's medal at the very end? Was that a Hans medal? Yes. 
why would she just have another random mail? I, of course, I was listening to another podcast and they kind of laid it out was, you know, Leia, she was so involved, wrapped up in the rebellion. Yeah, it was great that Han came back, you know, and saved the day and everything. But hmm. that was Han's medal she had when she died. I because they were I, married, I, right? Yeah, on the second on the second watch through when she's dying, mm-hmm. she has that medal in her hand. She's holding which it in her I hand because that was that was the utmost thing to her was the rebellion. That's weird. That's weird because there's mean, even yeah, that part in right. what's it. Uh, the last Jedi, there's a point where she's like, yeah, I'm a someone bad. Go kill him. He's like, whoa, it's not, it's not yeah. even family. It's, it's the rebellion that matters to her. Right. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I took that as just like a nice little like nod to the, to the old. Fans, I thought that but... too. The nerd podcast, like that was Hans metal. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but, I, but on the second playthrough, I did notice for sure that she had that metal yeah. in her hand. Which is a really comically big medal, by the way. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's like really, really big. And then the um, other thing I took away too was when you know they came back and Leia's gone and Chewie just kind of you know loses it. You know, there's two parts. He's like, oh, it's like I'm alone now. I know nobody except for these droids and these kids I met in theory a month ago. Well, he's like 125. I, mean, I know 200, 200. So for he's him, it's it like die. 15 minutes. But then also two and empire he's like you know the princess you have to protect the princess that was his yeah. charge you know yeah mm. so then she's oh, gone yeah. he's like he has nothing else to do yeah and i, was and like, oh. I, I, I did <laughs> dig the the beginning when they're playing that game in the oh, yeah. with, with chewy he cheats he we cheats. Did. you're totally 250 cheats. years old of course you're going to be better at this than us <laughs> that, that was really good i i enjoyed that scene that was that was yeah. pretty good that and that established uh that established uh, Finn and Poe as friends right back. Sure, you know, sure. again, yep. they're not complete characters destroyed that they were in the last yeah. movie. They're back to being the good buddies that they were before. Well, that uh, and then too, Mike, because we're pretty good friends. If there's ever rebellion, can you just randomly make me a general? Because that would rock. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> we need generals. You want to be a general? Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. He does. He does. Oh, thank you. That's, that's same rich. way they gave Lando. Like, hey, dude. You know, you used to run a gas company. You're general now. <laughs> right. Right. Well, hey, Han, you came at, in the last moment to save the day. You're a general, too. Right. You know, there's all these uh, colonels and lieutenants going, man, what the heck? Oh, t- tell you how bad my memory is. Now I just realized I actually watched The Last Jedi last night. That's when it was. wasn't like last week. The reason I did is because you my girlfriend, know. Shelly, she uh, wants to go watch episode nine, but she hadn't seen eight. So we're going to go watch it on Wednesday. So I, you have to watch this one before. Could you, you just said to. that Luke dies and Snoke dies? Yeah. Yeah. I could have said Luke dies and Ray and Ray and Kylo have a thing and they start kind of like uh, transmuting things together. So no. Now what day. you do is when you have a fight, and she says, you don't love me. You said, no, I sat through the last Jedi. For <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, a- anyway, so my thing with that was that last night I, uh, it was last night that I watched it and I got to see uh, the, um, man, I can't remember where I was going with this one. Somehow I got distracted. Uh, but the <laughs> so so bad. So, several of the things that that um, the Last Jedi did with uh, the characters that you know Finn and them that I was like, oh, that I just didn't understand. And then they did bring them back in in this one and make them fun and, and jovial and 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 happy, which was which was nice. Okay, so, we're, we go back to the, the stars. Mandalorian we, we got off of Mandalorian. Okay, sorry. So um, wrap, wrap, wrapping up Mando, though, that was a uh, 
it's good though, right? We all like the season. We're giving it a thumbs up on a on our thing. Yeah, definitely. Oh heck yeah! I mean, I enjoyed every. I thought an episode was okay. It was still okay. It was fun. Yeah, makes me excited for the, the this these. Uh, I mean, this being their first big you know thing as a streaming their, thing. They're streaming stuff, right? And it, who knows? It's going to be exciting to see whatever the, the Marvel one happens. Yeah, right? I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing. All the various one of the coolest things about that, and we've probably talked about this on the show before, but is really you know the the possibility of of broadening their perspective and their appeal, especially in in Marvel, because I think you know Star Wars it can go it can go to a certain extent. Like some of it can get a little more. Um, like cultural social commentary like like Star Trek is and you know hit a little more get some more female characters get some more like you know they've done animated series and stuff like that but you know Marvel being comics can be can be all over the place and their main series of films have really targeted a pretty specific audience and sure. you know if they can spread out and do you know s- streaming only shows they can really hit more of a wider fan base i think with some of that stuff that maybe i won't like but you know maybe some somebody else will now cool. do you yeah. think uh disney plus their pricing i'm i mean i'm it's all intentional but right now for me i until something marvel or star wars comes back out i don't have any other reason to turn disney plus back on hmm. but well, it's 6.99 a month i really don't care now my granted my daughter's going yeah, yeah. Lot, probably. But yeah, you know, that, they're that, talking right now. People are like, oh, all the cancel until the Mandalorian comes back out, then they'll renew. You know, for, at six ninety nine, like I don't notice that on my. Yeah, for for me, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty bad about things like that. Like I think I'm still subscribed to HBO, and the last thing I watched was tried to get into True Detective like three months sure. ago. Yeah, and that's... I'm not I'm not gonna <laughs> sit down tomorrow like no Friday night. I think I need to watch Pippi Longstocking. You know, I'm not, <laughs> right, right. Or like, but it's so like Robinson. There's nothing drawing me back in like every Friday. Like, oh, it's the Mandalorian. I gotta watch it. Now it's like, okay, let me know when the new Marvel thing comes out. Or because I'd say I've seen Empire and Jedi and Star Wars. You know, I can recite them backwards. You know, it's like yeah, right. I'm not going yeah, to log that in every single time. Right. That's the thing, though. With with, uh, I mean that 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 could be said for anything. Like sure, people sure. do, people do the same thing with HBO. They only subscribe for for Game of Thrones. They, they only subscribe to Netflix for Stranger Things. You know, it's everything. Sometimes people just have only one thing they like. My response was, when you had asked that was like, "Well, I know for my family, we watch a lot of the series on Disney Plus. Like we're watching the Imagineers series. We watched you know the the Wed Enterprises thing. We're watching okay. uh, Pixar, the Pixar." In, was it in, uh, in real Pixar life? Pixar in real stuff. life, yeah. Um, and so, and the the Natural Geographic has Natural Geographic has a good series that there you can watch as you go. Be honest, I totally forgot about the Nat Geo channel being lumped in with that. So yeah, right. And and they and also I'm watching. Uh, I started to watch the Star Wars Resistance cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen and, that uh, up to date though. So but right, again, the whole like oh have you? Okay, I see. I haven't seen that one. New content quickly. I've not watched Rebels all the way past season one, so I want to watch that one. So there's just there's a lot of things, and and obviously for the nostalgia effect, I still haven't watched Gargoyles. So and the X Men cartoons over <laughs> so, um, over yeah. Thanksgiving, some of my family and I watched a documentary. I guess documentary na- nature 
special, whatever you want to call it, uh, about bears. Yeah. It's it's narrated by John C. Riley. Oh, you know, yeah. Really? Right, yeah. Re- Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph, yeah. And, yeah. and it bake. is, it's like, it's a cross somewhere between, if you ever saw the old um, movie Milo and Otis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the dog and the cat, and there are people just, you know, doing internal monologue for this dog and cat, and it's fairly nonsense. Um, it's kind of like that, except sort of showing the kind of life cycle of this mama bear and her two cubs and the different things that they encounter and the other bears and the other animals um, kind of thing, but all with a little, like, you know, every so often John C. Riley be like, yeah, it looks like my uncle at Christmas been hanging out. He's <laughs> falling asleep in his, in his lazy boy. That's, it's I just, gotta watch it's, that one. it's so, have... it's so strange, but it, uh... are they going to catch salmon? And the bear's like, why mom? This is the way. <laughs> that's pretty nice. good pretty good nice callback there bill all right nice. the, the uh yeah so th- there's a lot of reasons that i think a lot of people will that would stick with the show or a, a service can confine to watch those you're right it's not like you'll go back and watch all the you know pocahontas again although there's also the people who have kids who watch those shows again. sure like i said it was just, it was just interesting i just started thinking about like man like again they're just not pumping out new content like netflix you're like Man, you guys just released like another hundred original movies or shows I've never right. seen. They're just like, ranking oh. it out. <laughs> I don't have the right, time yeah. to watch all these. Ho- hopefully, the hopefully they will get on their pace, right? Because this is new, and, and that I think the idea is that they'll release the long. Well, I'm not hating on that, it. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The the, mm-hmm. the long term idea is that that they'll release things like Mando, and then when Mando ends, a uh, uh, a one division will start up, and then when that one ends, a Disney thing starts up or another Star Wars thing, you know, that they kind of stagger right and back to back when one ends and another one starts. Oh, that too. Uh, in their long term is like also after all your contracts are done. Yeah. All right. We're taking right. this all back now. Now we own it all. Yeah. 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 I, I saw that. <laughs> you see what's coming to Disney or what I saw what's I saw the list of what's leaving Netflix and like all, all the Disney stuff keeps just dropping off. Sure. Yeah. Well, which yeah. to be expected, you know? But. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, Netflix, it's it's been interesting because I haven't watched it. I used to watch it, you know, pull it up just to see what was on, and I haven't. And it's not been necessarily because of Disney+. Plus. I mean, we've, you know, been getting into our, our Plex stuff. Um, you know, uh, Dennis had mentioned that before. And uh, watching our own media, Netflix is, I don't know, Netflix is hit or miss. It always has been hit or miss, you know, um, with their content. Yeah, because sometimes I'll be like, I want to see if Netflix has this. Nope, okay. And off I go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, there, but there's a lot of good shows. Uh, speaking of what we're watching, um, a lot of good shows that, that I know that are out now that I really, they're just dumping on me all at once. I'm a big fan of lo- the new Lost in Face. It's Lost in Face. Lost in Space series. <laughs> the new Witcher series came out. Marvelous Miss Maisel came out. That's um, on Amazon, yeah. Yeah, on Amazon. So there's I've not a lot seen of, that one yet. Is that is that good? Oh, the Marvelous Maisel? Oh, it is. The every Lost second in Space? Worth it. No, the marvelous. We, we watched oh, season okay. one of Lost in Space on the on the podcast. I've seen that on there, but um, Andrew watched uh, the Witcher series and said it was really good. So I'm about halfway through that. That's I want another. That. It's another eight episode show, but the episodes yeah. are a solid hour, um, which is okay. They don't feel they don't feel super long. They're just that kind of thing where once I get through one, I'm usually fatigued enough 
that I yeah. don't put in. Although he binged through the whole thing, I I tend yeah. to to try and ration things, except unless it's where's something. It, where short does it like sit on the spectrum of Game Letter of Thrones King. versus I don't know uh, Jumanji, or, you know? Type hmm. stuff. I mean, is it? It's hard for me to say because I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Um, it has. I mean, does it go hardcore dark and realistic, and there's nudity everywhere or is it yes okay i wasn't sure i wasn't sure where you were asking that question and i was i was thinking in terms of storytelling there are not is it a definite dark movie or a an adult series yeah it's it's definitely adult if there are characters having sex you're probably going to see stuff you know it's it's tvma you know to its to its, its its extent like uh outlander or um what did I watch that was like, oh, Carnival Row is this way too, though mm. maybe to a lesser extent. And there's a lot of violence early on and not as much in the middle. Again, I don't know yet about the end because I haven't finished it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but I, it, I, I, I want to watch that one. I think it, it looked, it, it, the trailers looked kind of off and I wasn't sure, but every, every article about it now has generally positive things about it. Like there's nothing I haven't seen negative things. They're like, oh, and this thing happened in the Witcher. Yeah, like and I cool thing. and I think oh. there are realistically only like less like maybe half a dozen characters you really care about, and only like a dozen or maybe twenty that you even know that are named. It's not like Game of Thrones where there are just so many characters to keep track of. Um, the it's a it's a big world, but the story is a little smaller just in terms of of the characters right so yeah there there it's funny how these companies have have decided like there's this the sweeps months or whatever when they're in the winter and i guess it's maybe it's because it is winter and people are watching sure movies and not going outside but they release them all at the same time and then there's long droughts of, of nothing um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, dead I, brown I, outside why not yeah right uh so Although it's been unseasonably warm here. I thought it was super warm. There was 80 degrees on Christmas where I was at. But I come home and it was still like 70 degrees here. Yeah, so. I was I was able to do a little bit of, um, I had a window, a wooden window that had exposed wood. And I was able to go out and prime and, and paint it. Uh, the weather was warm enough for that. So I was, I was right. glad of that. Well, as we're, we're wrapping things up here, um, I saw, so Bill, I know that. You play a lot of miniatures games, right? Sure, sure. And one of the games that... So my visit to the Star Wars world there at Disney, or every pl- place now at Disney, has Star <laughs> a Star Wars shop at least, yep. had tons of miniatures and stuff that you can buy, that, just like action figures and stuff that were really cool for like really affordable places or prices. I was stunned at the, the affordable prices because I know that like... The Star Wars miniatures games are really expensive. Am I right? Not really. Well, I, th- I remember I picking up like a ship for a game, like a Millennium Falcon or something. It's like 35, 40 bucks for just like one ship. Is the that prob- still the way it is? Or they probably that? not just on par with any miniatures game. Is, is that is that what it is? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, yeah. Any miniatures game, you're looking about that, yeah. Yeah. but But you paint yours, right? I mean, so there's different, there's a hundred different variations of different games out there. But yeah, I do play one game. It's called Star Wars Legion. 
and uh-huh. all the figures come unpainted. Oh yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed the one. What was the one that you brought over to the house one day and it was with the stormtroopers? on That was around. Legion. That was Legion. That was a really fun game. Yep. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming that it's like expanded out now to have like. A oh, yes. It is. You know, Lucasfilms, right. Disney and Fancy Flight that produces that game or actually distributes that game. They, you know, they're no slouch in the marketing department. So. I, that's, I, I, I wish that that's one of those things that I wish and Dennis and I have said this before is that I wish that <laughs> there was somebody around local that played right. Like I don't mind investing in a game as long as I can play. Well, in the way that, I mean, in theory though, the way these game uh, companies are smart, they will make what they of course call starter boxes. Starter boxes. And even the star Wars Legion box comes with the empire and the rebels. And yeah. that's why I brought to your house that one time we were playing a starter box game. Right. And that's, you know, the same price as actually probably cheaper than Gloomhaven, which I think Gloomhaven's 80 bucks, 60 bucks, I believe. Mm-hmm. So this is around that same price principle. And you'll well, say you, you pick that up. Okay. That's great. You can play it two players. Yeah, yeah. No problem whatsoever. And one guy drops out or say, Hey, I want to take this next level. Then you start picking up the expansions. Yep. Of course. And that's when they get you. That's when it's like, all right, well, these <laughs> five troopers will cost you $20. Right. Yeah. yeah that's where then, that's no big deal. But then like, well, there's also that other box, those troopers. Well, they're $20, you know, and right. And yeah, as it, the meta shifts, you know, the troopers you bought originally, they're not as good. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think a good company will also make still a fun starter box. I mean, I'll play that starter box with somebody all day long. It's still a yeah. fun balanced game. You have Luke, you have Vader. Is it two? Is it just two players though? Right. Or it is just that? a two player game. Okay. I was gonna say, why, why don't you, bring that i know you, t- you you try to bring some miniatures things to icg every year uh like a dust or or a thing why, why don't you bring that this year and set up some games and I, sure. i'd love to play that play that again yep. I, w- I was gonna ask if you guys had anything particular you were excited to play at icg i know we're what like two two-ish months two and a half yeah I, like we gotta start putting out a letter about that actually but um yeah, it's coming up. I well, this is one. I'd lo- I said I, I'm looking forward to games to play. I think that's for ICG. I'd love to play that game. Um, yeah, that game. Of- I mean, Grant, because it's Star Wars, so I bought in. It it's very fun. I have a mm-hmm. squad of Wookies literally right now on my table waiting to paint. Nice. So <laughs> again, it's Star Wars, so they had me at the moment they said Star Wars. Um, painting, there's also painting is a fun painting is a that? funny thing because you can you could take a bunch of guys who you would think wouldn't paint but then you put them in front all together around a table with all the, the paints and figures and everybody just loves it right like you just sit and go into a zen state and everybody makes the most terrible looking miniatures but it's super fun and everybody's like <laughs> exactly right it, it just it's amazing how painting does that but yeah i did and even for the first time and with even legion i mean again it's made to be a big competitive game uh, Fancy Flight is starting to realize they have all the people that they oh they'll get more but they're competitive players they're in so now they've re-released a new set of rules for skirmish a smaller faster version mm. oh yeah That's you good. know so it's that whole like hey I want to play but I don't want a game store and get thralloped by the guy that spends all his money on all these miniatures mm. yeah right. but I still oh, want to expand and you know buy a few more units and have fun so they kind of dial back you know the meta a little bit. Well, so. what we should do is play like a. We should bring like a skirmish, an easy 
short one that we can play. Sure. So sure. to remember the to remember the the rules and get used to it, and then actually also bring one that's a little bit bigger and awesome with yep. two big arm pre-made armies, and then that way we can okay now I know how to play. I got my ass beat. Now I can play. Yep. You know this this uh, that and I can do that with just just as easy. Yeah, for sure. Well, we lots of stuff today. Uh, yep, Bill, thanks yep. for being on the show, man. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Coming on in. I, th- I think we got them all, Dennis. I think we got today, it. Right, we're, co- we're covered. We will. We'll save the Lord of the Rings trilogy for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if Mike, if you also have time, we'll our next movie on the list is Fight Club from okay. 1999. Fight Club, got it. Uh, the f- first can I, first can rule I talk Fight about Club. it? No. Oh, no, okay. That's... Wait, uh, yeah. How how can we talk about this if we're? I don't understand I, how this works. I don't know. It'll be a short. It'll be a short episode. Short episode. It, it's funny that we we had we had Bill on and we we talked so much about uh, the Star Wars things this week and um, I actually spent the last three solid days watching all six v- versions of the Lord of the Rings and, and now we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we had a whole conversation about whether we would watch the theatricals or the extendeds and you talked me into watching the theatricals because you know it wouldn't take as long and then you watched them both. Like a crazy person. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I got to Lord of the Rings, the, the Return of the King last night, and like the extended edition, I'd watched the theatrical, and I'm like, I just have to watch this. And that's when I went over to Shelley's and watched Jedi. And I was like, got home, I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm not going to get through this. You were, so, I, you were so burnt out on it, you went and watched Last Jedi again. <laughs> I went and watched The Last Jedi, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I still do, I still have the extended edition of Return of the King to watch, which is, you know, that's an, it's already an arduous movie. It's very long as it is, but um, I, I enjoy it. Okay, yeah, we're cool. Good. Cool, cool. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 123. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, check out our other show. It is called Klingons and Dragons, klingonsdragons.com. It is a Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast. There should be another episode up by the time this episode airs. If you have questions, comments, feedback on the show, you can email us frontporchpod at gmail.com. Over on our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we've got contact forms, the schedule for the 100 movies that should be updated within the next week. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. Thanks as always for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. I'm Michael. I'm Bill. And this is the way. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Later.